What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Darker Tone with Duke. Uh, this week, we talk about the game Saturday. Uh, we had a few days to digest it. Um, so uh, we'll talk about that with Ricky Price um, and uh, what we think about the team heading into the ACC and then NCAA tournament. Um, but as always, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any of our uploads. Check us out over on YouTube. Uh, that's where we post clips of my podcast and uh, all the other podcasts across the Field of 68 network. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at the Field of 68 and at Dre underscore Dawkins. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know who you want to hear from next. And I uh, hope you enjoy this one. And we will see you on the next one. All right. This week we got my guy, uh, Ricky Price, back uh, for another episode. Um Talk to him after the Carolina game. He said he needed to get some some thoughts off his chest. So uh, we had to bring him back this week. What's going on, man? All is well. All is well. You know, it was an epic weekend in Durham. Um, excuse my voice. It's still scratchy because I kind of lost it yeah. um, when I was screaming and, and yelling all weekend, visiting with uh, former players and yelling at fans and um, uh, yelling at our team and yelling at everybody else. So I sound a little scratchy just – just deal with it, uh, and I do apologize. It will be all right. Uh, so obviously, we will get to the game, um, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so bear bear with us, listeners. Um, so first of all, what were your thoughts on the team uh, heading into that game? And you know, they had been on a little bit of a run there. You feel like they had found something, uh, like they had kind of hit a bit of a stride there. Well, I've always thought this team. Um, was good enough to win a national championship. You know, mm-hmm. obviously this year the parity in the nation is is wide. It's wide open. I mean, yeah. I would say maybe five or six teams can legitimately win a title this year. And I believe that the Duke basketball team is one of them. And I think we were heading in that direction, you know, winning the ACC regular season title, which hadn't been done in a long time. You know, heading to the uh, ACC tournament where we're the favorite. Um, and then, you know, fighting for number one and number two seed. I think this team has a chance to uh, to win it all. And going into the Carolina game on Saturday, I expected, like I would say, most of the country, you know, to win that game. But I had my reservations. Yeah. Um, how much do you think, you know, that good the running of winning and playing well uh, can be attributed to, you know, the ACC having a down year, not really playing really good teams uh, the last couple of weeks? You know, there's some truth to that. You know, the ACC is considerably down this year. You know, we've always been, I say we, you and I both played in the ACC. We've mm-hmm. always been, you know, at the tops of uh, conferences nationwide, and, you know, sending players to the tournament, you know, having ranked teams, whatever you want to say. But uh, this year has been considerably down. But it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, you, you got to play your schedule. Yep. You got to play, you know, what's in front of you. Uh, I thought Carolina's a good team. Miami's a good team. Virginia's good. You know, all those teams are solid, good teams. Um, you know, Syracuse on a given day, you know, can give you fits. Yeah. You know, it just depends on who you get. But, um, you know, to win an ACC regular season title, which in my opinion is really the ACC champion. You can yeah. strike gold in the, in the tournament. And yeah, yeah. And win the tournament. But if you win <laughs> and have the best record over, you know, uh, three or four months in, in a conference, you, you are the champion of the ACC. Yeah. Do you think um, – Similar to like people say about Gonzaga a lot, uh, the lack of competition in conference hurts them going into the NCAA tournament. 
yeah, you know, I think Gonzaga's done a pretty good job of having a really good non-conference schedule. Yeah. You know, they, they had us and they played, I think, Virginia early. They got Kentucky. I mean, they got all these guys that they're playing to get their to get their guys ready because they know once they get in that uh, whack WCC conference that they're, in, <laughs> they're, they're not going to be challenged. So, um, you know, and I think Coach K does a phenomenal job, you know, of non-conference scheduling with us yeah. as well, especially in November. You know, you start the season off in Kentucky, you get Gonzaga, you get all these top Michigan State, you get all these teams early, and that's just going to test your metal. So later on, like now, when it matters most, you know, you're battle-tested. And uh, we'll see if that uh, that tactic is paid off. Yeah. Um, who did you have as uh, our regular season MVP? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. The best player on the team is Paolo Banchero. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. Um, but I think Wendell is probably the team's MVP. He's the glue guy that has kept everything together. Uh, honorable mention to that would probably be uh, Mark Williams, yeah. you know, who has yeah. made incredible strides in his second year. I mean, he has played phenomenal. And even though, you know, his runs, his burst of runs are short and limited, you know, the, 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 the shot blocking prowess, the protecting the rim, the rim running and dunking everything. I mean, he just adds a, a level of nastiness yeah. to our team. And then you bring Theo off the bench, who's more physical, he hits you. You know, um, those two guys, you know, but Wendell has really been the glue. Yeah. Um, running, running the point, you know, he'll score for us. He'll do, he'll do a little bit of everything. I think he had a triple-double earlier yeah. this year. I mean, who, who, who was the last person to do that at Duke? You know what I'm saying? So, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I feel like Wendell is kind of our Draymond, if you will, like mm-hmm. – you know, he's not, he doesn't score a ton, um, but, you know, he gets some timely buckets, uh, makes plays for other guys. It's obviously really good on defense and just kind of keeps it all together. Uh, and, yeah, Mark's been, Mark's been really, really good this year. I mean, he was, he was really good last year, um, but, you know, he's taken it to another level, which has been impressive. Um, yeah, it's, and obviously Paolo's is, is a good basketball player. <laughs> really good. Really yeah. Good. <laughs> um, who do you feel like needs to uh, find another gear in March and early April for Duke to get another banner up in the end zone? You know, I think it's uh, I think it's Trevor Keels and or you know Jeremy Roach. Yeah. You know, those two guys, you know, have been really hot and cold all year. Yeah. You know, Trevor Keels had an awesome first game. Yeah. He came out of the gate unbelievable against Kentucky. I think he had another monster game against Clemson, but he hasn't really been consistently, you know, playing like that all year. I know he was hurt, <clears throat> so he was out a little bit. But, you know, we just hadn't got the consistency out of him. And he's a, he's a good player. I like him a lot, his toughness defensively. You know, he can run the point. You know, he can set guys up. He can score it. So I want to see him take it to another another gear. And Jeremy Roach is another guy, you know, a little bit of a disappointment for me. Um, you know, obviously he wears the number three. I wore the number three <laughs> for those guys. You know, I'm cheering, I'm cheering even harder for those guys. Yeah. He just hadn't been consistent. And he's like a point guard 
it doesn't run the point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when he's on the floor, you're not even bringing the ball up consistently. Like, I don't understand why that is. And then defensively, he always has these uh, mental lapses that um, that hurt us. You know, yeah. his fouls are always the fouls that hurt us because mm-hmm. he never fouls with intent of, you know, fouling where they don't get the and one. Yeah. He'll foul and let them finish and then go to the free throw line and get an and one. So those two guys specifically I want to see raise their level. Um, so you and I are both back, uh, along with, you know, 90 plus, uh, other former players. Um, what was that like? I mean, you know, it was, for me, you know, it was really cool being back in the, you know, that room we were in pregame and just kind of mingling, walking around, talking to different guys. Um, what was that experience like for you, you know, having, uh, 40 plus years of guys, you know, we all the way back, you know, Kenny Denard and, uh, Gene Banks, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, Grayson and, um, you know, some guys who were, you know, on the team last year were there. So uh, what was that experience like for you? You know, it was incredible. It's a couple yeah. adjectives that I've been throwing around all weekend. And two words start with an E. I would say epic, um, electric. You know, that yeah. was the atmosphere in Cameron Indoor Stadium this weekend. And just, you know, to have everybody. You've been to fantasy camp. I think maybe that's the only time where everybody's around at one time. But even yeah. that was a small microcosm of what we saw this weekend. It was it was unbelievable how many yeah. guys were back. Just imagine if you didn't have so many guys in the NBA, it would have been even more guys yeah. 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 that would have yeah. been back. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it was cool to see everybody. Uh, you know, Chris Carroll did a private dinner for more than 90s crew um, after the game. And uh, so now you got to have an intimate setting with some of the guys you played with in your four-year uh, career. Mm-hmm. That was great, you know, seeing you. And, you know, I feel something because me personally, I've done a, I've tried to do a great job of mentoring all the kids that come after me, yeah. you know, like you, like Daniel Ewing, like Sean Dockery, like the list goes on and on. Tyler Thornton, where I'm in guys' ears, yeah. you know. Um, I'm trying to, you know, show guys the Duke way I'm trying to give them another, you know, aspect of, of what they should be thinking about as they're playing post-career, you know, trying to hook guys up with other guys that can maybe get them jobs or, um, you know, fulfill some of the dreams they want to do aspiration-wise after hooping. And so, you know, seeing those guys and dapping up, you know, I thought was great. But, um, you know, it was it was an epic weekend, man. Yeah. Yeah, I thought in, uh, the atmosphere in Cameron was, was as live as ever. Uh, and I thought the fans were great. Um, you know, it was loud only, you know, obviously my only problem is, uh, you know, the seating arrangements for anyone who's been in Cameron behind the benches is, is, is a little rough on the back. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm 30 now. So, you know, my back wasn't enjoying that, but, uh, other than that, man, it was, it was a lot of fun outside of the, the final score, obviously. <laughs> Facts. Um, you know, you never know about sitting in those seats, man. Yeah. And that for you six, 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 seven, six, eight, you know, and up. Yeah. In those seats is just it's murderous. Yeah. The fact that there's so much history and so much, you know, uh tradition in that arena for guys to be scrunched up like sardines like that is is ridiculous. But yeah. that's what Cameron is, man. That's what the environment that it gives you. Um yeah. far far better to be a player than it is to be a spectator. I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh for sure. Uh, one thing I don't think people really grasp 
are able to grasp, you know, if you've never really put on the jersey and played in these situations, is like how much pressure was on that team. And, you know, you and I talked about it uh, pregame, but, you know, just how much pressure was on that team to win that game. Um, I mean, it's probably it's, it's got it's more than like any game, really, more than, you know, like a final four game or anything like that. And, you know, we've all been in pressure situations, part of the reason you come to Duke. But, um, you know, that, you know, it being coach's last game in Cameron against Carolina is just is another level. Um, I don't think people really, really can understand it unless you've worn the jersey. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, all great points. Um you know, I didn't think about it until afterwards about how bad those kids felt yeah. about losing the game. You know, right there when you're in the moment, it's like, you know, it is what it is. But then when you look at the totality of what this game meant and mm -hmm. you know, the repercussions for years to come about this and the history about this game, this particular game, you know, to lose and lose in that fashion is just, it's heartbreaking uh, for those kids and then obviously for Coach you know, it was difficult to watch him come out and have that, you know, presentation, celebration, if you was reception, if you will, right after the game. So he hasn't even had a chance to digest it. It's fresh on his mind. And, uh, you know, you could see it, you know, as soon as he walked out, he, yeah. was, he was heated. Yeah. He was yeah, heated. it was funny. Uh, we were, I was sitting with Grayson and Ryan and a couple other guys. And when he walked out, we all looked at each other and we're like, oh, he's so mad. Uh, you know, we've all, we've all seen that face. No question. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, you know, I felt for the kids. I went to the locker room afterwards and hugged a couple of the guys, told them it's going to be okay. Yeah. But um, you're going to have to live with this result, you know, for a long, long time. And yeah. As you saw, Carolina celebrated like they won a national championship. Yeah. You know, so yeah. They're running around the court. Franklin Street was buzzing, popping yep. like they had like they had won a national championship. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the difference between Duke and Carolina. You know what I'm saying? It's like, act like you've been there before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're not celebrating like that after beating you because we expect yeah. to beat you. But yeah. um, it's a rivalry and uh, it is what it is. Spoils go to the victory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one way to stop all that celebrating is winning the game. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm, right? You know, you got the pressure of trying to win the game. It's coach's last game, a lot of emotion going into that. Um, you know, your schedule is a little bit off. Um, you know, even coach coming out on the court, you know, he usually doesn't come out till later, but, you know, we did the thing or we, you know, let him onto the court and all that. So, you know, warm-ups are a little bit off. Uh, and then, you know, for Carolina, it's like, it's a win, you know, it's win-win, like, there's no pressure on us. You know, we're, you know, unranked, not having the best year. Uh, you know, if we lose, we're supposed to lose. If we win, you know, we got, you know, we got Coach uh, Coach K in his last game in Cameron. So, you know, you could tell, you know, they're playing free, um, whereas, you know, we were playing, you know, a little bit, a little bit tight. You know, they were playing like they had nothing to lose, and we were playing like, you know, we had to, you know, we had to hold on to this win. Um, you know, especially out of the gate, you know, you could tell you're a little bit tight. Uh, I think you're down like 11-2 or 11-3 to start. Um, and then second half, they just kind of poured it on in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, so I guess we'll get 
to the game itself now, uh, do a little analysis. So, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, we started off bad, um, down 11-3. But then I feel like we they kind of settled into the game a little bit. Um, tied it, was it up for a big chunk of the second half after that. Um, and I kind of thought, okay, like we're good now. Uh, you know, I think we got up six or so. Um, you know, AJ hit a couple shots and Paolo was playing really well. Um, how did you feel about that first half? Well, I mean, we might have talked about this. There was a play, the first play of the game, and I knew yeah. we were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. The jump ball tip, and then we get it. And then Wendell has a chance to grab the ball and pass it to somebody and then go back and get it, and we have the basketball. Yep. Instead, he tries to grab it, and he loses it yep. out of bounds, you know, which is an absolute brain fart. You know, there's no Carolina player around. Our guy is there. Pass it in, get it back. We good. Let's run offense. When he lost that on that mental breakdown, immediately I was like, this is, this is exactly what I didn't need to happen. I could see that mentally we weren't there. Yeah. And then we got off to the bad start. And, uh, but we fought our way back in, um, you know, but I think the moment was just too big for our kids. Yeah. Um, you know, the moment of Coach K, the hoopla, the pregame, it just was, everything was against their normal routine. Yeah. And uh, the moment was too big. And even though you go to Duke for these extreme moments, I don't think anybody expected that moment to be like that and the no. emotion and everything that goes along with it. Look, I'm not trying to make excuses. This is just what it is. No, it's facts. It's facts. You know, I think that played a huge part in how we played in the first half and then ultimately being tired and not being able to sustain. Yeah. I don't think we did a good job, uh, coaching staff-wise, of managing playing time. Yeah. Um, he went with a shorter rotation, didn't play Joey Baker, you know, didn't didn't play um, uh, the new kid that we have. Bates. Um, Bates. Yeah. Um, and those guys have been critical, you know, yeah. to, to spell guys' minutes. And Joey Baker, especially, his senior night for him, you know, he's capable of hitting two or three threes to change yeah. the momentum of the game. Why not throw him in there? <clears throat> Instead, you have Paolo play all these minutes. And now in the second half, he can't deliver for you because he's, you don't have nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, we went seven, seven deep and, it's really more like six deep because Theo and Mark are just kind of, you know, they're going in and out for each other. Um, right. And so Jeremy's Jeremy is kind of spelling all the perimeter guys. And they they were kind of rotating. And then Paolo, I'm pretty sure, played all 40, um, which is tough. And, you know, especially in that environment, uh, you know, you know, I do Carolina is a little hotter in there. Uh, you know, you, you, you use energy faster. Uh, in Duke, Carolina, uh, I remember my first game, um, you know, by that time, you're in good shape. It's March. You're in good shape. And, man, I was out there for about a minute and gassed. It's, you know, it's yeah. just it's just flying. There's so much emotion. Cameras going crazy. Um, so, yeah, it is. It's that was that was that was interesting. I didn't I wasn't expecting us to go so short with the bench. Uh, and Bates have been, you know, spelling Paolo recently. Uh, and typically coach is good with that. Um, you know, at at nine minutes, you know, take him out. You get the under eight plus the minute of rest. 
And then, you know, you go back in after the under eight timeout and, you know, you, you, you get a little bit extra rest um, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't have I don't have twelve hundred wins, so I don't know. But. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But you and I both know, I mean, you know, if if you ask any basketball player, they will never come off the game. If, if, if no, they ask you. no, you know, they'll try to no. play the whole thing as a coach. You have to save them from themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And a good time frame is 30 to 32 minutes. Yeah. And I think you can be really productive uh, during that time frame. That leaves eight minutes now for you to spell guys here and there. I believe if Paulo comes out and gets that eight minute rest for in the first half or in the second half, maybe he's fresh and he's not yep. short arming those missed layups that he had in the second half. Yeah. You know, AJ Griffin only getting five shot attempts. You yeah. got to find a way to get him, you know what I'm saying, the basketball. He had been killing the past, you know, 60 days. I mean, he has been yeah. an unbelievable tear. And he destroyed Carolina just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. at their place. You know, Wendell was was god awful offensively. He wasn't there, so you just gotta find different ways to get those guys. And then the, the adjustments, you know, the pick and roll absolutely killed us. Yep, and there weren't really any adjustments made in that regard. I don't know if we were not, you know, hedging or the switch wasn't working. Or and then you know you had Carolina who just had a, a monumental effort. You know, yeah. Like, were guys with 20, 20 points. Yeah. You know, I've never seen RJ Davis and Manic play like that. You know, yeah. those guys played way above them. They'll never play like that probably ever again <laughs> yeah. in the Carolina uniforms. You got three or four guys playing like that, 94 points scored. I mean, so it was the perfect storm yeah. off the hoopla. And it's just unfortunate that um the uh the game had to end in that fashion. Yeah. So you mentioned the pick and roll. Um obviously you have to talk about that. Uh the Spain action um, for the layman. Spain is just a one-five pick and roll, and then uh, you have a shooter set a back screen for the five and pop. Um, so they have Manic. It's basically a one-five-four. Baycott sets the screen. Manic sets a back screen and pops. Um, and it was really clearly confusing our guys because um, Manic got a couple wide open shots. Uh, off the back screen, yes, both got both guys went to Baycott, and then um, you know once we figured that out, and uh, then we couldn't get the the pick and roll figured out. Uh, I think we started switching, and they were taking advantage of the switch. Um, but honestly, I mean credit to Coach Davis because uh, he he just he stayed. He stayed with that though, pretty much the last 10 minutes of the game. He was just pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. And, you know, you're going to have to stop it. And we just didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously uh, in the NBA, they do the same thing. Yeah. They're going to run something 15 times if they have to until you stop it. Yep. And uh, we could not, you know, defend the pick and roll. And, you know, we have a scouting report. You know, yeah. you know this. You know, We know who's who and what's what. You can't sit up here and tell me that Manic wasn't like on the awareness list. Oh yeah, of you know guys that you cannot leave open, and repeatedly they left him open. Yeah, and he was so hot. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but on his misses, he wasn't missing nothing. No, his his misses were were looked really good. <laughs> I mean, his makes they were all net. I yeah, mean, he just looked unbelievable out there and comfortable. Yeah, and that's the key word. I mean. They, their guys were just too comfortable. Bay kind yeah. down low. Uh, Caleb Love in the second half got real comfortable. Manic was comfortable the whole game. I mean, he's drinking a lemonade. 
He's got his feet <laughs> up in the lounge chair. He's just, man, I'm just I'm yeah. loving this. Yeah. And as a result, we got what we got. And unless we can make those um, adjustments, the game, you know, was never going to go in our favor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we, we could see them again in a couple of days. They're going to run the same stuff. We're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Before we continue our conversation, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season in full swing, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today. Or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app, must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. What do you think uh, needs to change on that to help them get stops uh, against that action? Well, there's a couple things. Um, you know, Mark Williams is the key. You know, if he can't be in the game when they start running that action, then we got to go to the smaller lineup, which we can go to and put Paolo at the five yeah. and AJ Griffin at the four, and then have the three of those guards, you know, out there. And we can easily defend and operate like that. I hate to take Mark, Mark Williams out of the equation, but if yeah. he's not defending the pick and roll well, then you have to make that adjustment early. You know, maybe you read it, you know, maybe you read it and get yeah. it out the yeah. hands and try to, you know, force turnovers that way. Um, but we weren't we weren't getting over the screens good. We weren't rotating well. So it, it, it's like everything we tried to do wasn't working. Yeah. And so normally it's one or two things we don't do well, but everything they tried to do wasn't working. So um, you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure that out personnel wise, and then get on their locations. And then you can never overhelp on Manic. You cannot leave that dude to help on Baycott. Yeah. He may score a dunk, but Manic is is is, is letting those threes go, and that's kind of will change the game for them in the second half. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing I thought was big was end of the first half, I think we we're up six or eight. And um, somehow they hit two threes uh, going into half. And instead of being up eight, 10, 12, uh, we're only up two going into the second half. And I think that kind of changed the complexion of the game because you know, we go up 10 or 12 into this into the second half. Uh, after they started, you know, hot, started up 11-3, uh, and then we take a double-digit lead in the second half. You know, I think that kind of messes with their their psyche a little bit, and, you know, they have a chance to kind of uh, be broken um, in the first few minutes of the second half as opposed to, you know, hitting two threes, feeling really good about themselves, um, and, you know, keeping that confidence going in the start of second half. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, they did to us what we normally do to the teams. Yeah. You know, we we like to do those what we call silent runs. Silent runs, yep. Where we'll, we'll have a run at the end of the first half, maybe 8-0 or 9-0 run, going to halftime with somewhat of a lead and momentum, and then come back and give you that same silent run to start the games yep. in the second half. And now the game is over. Yeah. Now you're down close to 20 points. Those two silent runs have absolutely decimated you, and you're done. Yeah. And they kind of did us like that. I don't know if you remember, there was a call that kind of changed everything. Yeah. Baycott gets the ball, and it was clearly a charge. Yeah. And they called it a block. Yeah. I mean, it. it I mean, a blind guy. A blind guy could have saw how bad this call was. Yeah. It didn't go our way. 
out of the out of bounds play, they hit a three. Yep. And that right there broke our back and our yeah. spirit. And so uh, that was right before uh, the the uh, the first half ended. So they hit two threes, including that um, bad call three after the out of bounds play, and that kind of just took the win out of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because we were all <laughs> a lot of guys were saying second bump. We got to wait for the second bump, um, which typically is the rule. But you know, unless he just completely lowers his shoulder, which is what happened. Um, that, that's a charge. And then the other thing is, you know, if you're not calling it a charge, then it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's either right. a charge or nothing. It's can't. I don't I don't see how that can be a block. Right. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't make sense. You know, he's just standing there. <laughs> and they tried to come on a makeup call in a similar play. But again, yeah, they did the same thing in the second half, too. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, again, it's the it's – the, Damage it's is the, done at that point. The timing of when that happened. Yeah. And when they're trying to make their run, and then right after that hitting the three, yeah. all those things, man, that breaks your spirit, man. That breaks your spirit, and, and, and that that was a huge play in the game that kind of changed everything, man. And uh, you know, we we never recovered from that. Yeah. Um, so you know, we both uh, obviously played for coach, and uh, we know um, know what he's like after losses, where you know he. Uh, especially losses he feels are unacceptable uh, to use his term terminology there. Uh, what do you think about how their practices have been uh, this week going into the ACC tournament? I'm sure there was a change, yeah. um, you know, between, between me and you, um, you know, talking to some of the staff, and, you know, I heard that they didn't practice as hard yeah. going into the Carolina game. You know, they got back from Pitt, I believe, on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday night. You know, didn't – didn't had off on, on, on Wednesday and did yeah. not practice on Thursday. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, yeah. you got to keep – you got to stay on these guys. You know, well, you know, guys are sore. Look, after the after the Carolina game, there's even more of a break where you can rest guys after that. Going into yeah, yeah. But you got to stay on these guys and keep them sharp, keep them fresh. Especially a young, younger team like we have, you know, yeah, you have an older team and things a little bit different. Absolutely. But. And so, you know, that's a mistake right there. And so now their sharpness, you know, their aggressiveness, um, you know, they're just not as good. And you can see that we were we were off the whole game. And uh, trust me, that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I think coach, you know, he knows good and well that that mistake was made and he shorted that up. Yeah. One of the things I love about Coach K, just like Nick Saban, if you give that dude time to figure it out, he is going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, especially when things aren't going well. You know, the ship can easily sink and go down any further down. That really doesn't happen to Duke because yeah. he does a great job of figuring out the problem and quickly fixing it. Yeah. So um, you best believe that's going to be a totally different team heading into the ACC tournament. Different moxie, different aggressiveness, different sharpness, yeah. the adjective you want to use. It ain't gonna be like it was last week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Uh he does make uh adjustments pretty quickly. So I don't think I don't think we lost consecutive games while I was there until my last year. 
Um, so, you know, we would lose, but we was going, we go, the next team was in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and that's a special rare talent that coaches have, man. Saban yeah. is the same way, man, where they can diagnose what the problem is, man, and fix it. Yeah. And fix it quick. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, you don't get those back-to-back -back losses in those three, four, five game losing streaks. Yeah. Um, so I thought we had a shot. Uh, and grabbing the one, um, if we have one out, uh, maybe grabbing one of the one seeds, especially with all the carnage that's been happening over the last couple of weeks uh, at the top of the polls, probably not going to happen. What do you? What are your thoughts on seeding? I guess we're probably pretty locked into a two unless we bow out early. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think if we can win the ACC tournament, so that means we won the regular the season championship and yep. the ACC tournament championship. I mean, it'll be hard to deny us um, a one seed at that point. Gonzaga for sure will probably be the uh, number one overall seed. Yeah. yeah West. Um, Kansas, you know, probably in the Midwest. They have the easiest road anyway. They're always number one in the Midwest. There's really no, you know, and then you got us, Duke, uh, Auburn, Kentucky, and uh, who else is out there? Uh, uh, Purdue. Oh, Purdue. I forgot about Purdue. Uh, I don't think Illinois really has a shot at it. But, I mean, I think Purdue. Wisconsin just lost, so they're probably out of that. I think – oh, Arizona. Arizona. Oh, yeah, Arizona. So, yeah. So, Arizona has to be a one seed, too. They could yeah. could they could stick it to Arizona and give them the number two seed in the, in the, in the West. But – Oof. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, so you're right. Um, I think we're probably going to be locked into a two, maybe one if we win the ACC tournament, which I'm yeah. cool with. A one or two seed for me is uh, is high enough and will give us the 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 road that we need to uh, to finish the deal. Yeah, I think I'm o I'm okay with two. Uh, in the South, you know, I think if I'll take two in the South, let Baylor Baylor win the. Big 12 championship, give them the one in the South. I'll take the two in Baylor's region in the South. Yeah, you know, what you're doing is you're looking at the matchups and yeah. you, have to, you have to do that as well. Who are we trying to stay away from? Who are we trying to, you know, I think Auburn is a team that I'm eyeing, you know, at, you know, a Final Four. Yeah. We have to, you know, see them. I don't want to see them before that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know Gonzaga. I'd rather not see them before that. No, yeah, you know, but um, yeah. Purdue. I'd rather not see them before that. But everybody else, I'm kind of like Kansas. I'm not really worried about yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Baylor. Yeah. Eh, I'm not worried about Kentucky. We already, we already smashed them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, those are kind of the three teams I like to stay away from until you know it's time to actually have to play those guys. Yeah. Um, so kind of jumping past the ACC tournament, uh, obviously we like to win that. But what do you think are, are some of the keys uh, to win those six games in the tournament for this team? I mean, it's a lot of things, but it's consistency. Um, yeah. You know, we've lost games in the past on a couple of different things. Defensively, when we weren't there, we had those brain farts. Um, we're now locked in the whole time. You know, we've lost games. We've lost games that you've seen from the free throw line. Yeah, we get to the free throw line and we shoot poorly, and uh, and we lose games. And then you know those in game situations. You know, uh, we've lost a couple of close ones. Uh, Virginia and Miami come to mind. Florida State comes to mind there. Yeah. 
you know, uh, when we didn't finish the deal or close out, you know, in a tight situation. Talent-wise, I believe we have, if not the best team, one of the best teams in the nation. Coaching, we have that. We got everything you need to win the title. We just got to shore up those, those small things, um, you know, the focus points of uh, free throw shooting, uh, not losing our assignments on defense, and then obviously the rebounding. You know, we, we lost some games bad, uh, giving up offensive rebounds. Yeah. When the state comes to mind, um, if we can stay away from, you know, making those fatal mistakes, you know, I think we'll be, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah. We'll be in a good spot. Yeah. My only worry, I guess, would be, uh, you know, having, having been through it, having gone through a tournament, won all six games, um, I mean, you got to rub it in like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, you know, a little, little something some light, like some light. Uh, shout out to, shout out to John, Nolan, Kyle, Lance, and Zoobs for putting me on their back and carrying oh, me to a ring. Um, <laughs> but um, having gone through that experience, I think one thing that worries me is uh, there's, I feel like, you know, not only personally going through it, but watching other teams that win it all, I feel there's always a game a game or two that you you aren't going to have it, right? You're not going to have your A stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ours was the Baylor game in the Elite Eight. Um, just, you know, just not quite not quite playing at our, at our peak and figuring that out. Still, you know, still figuring it out and winning that game. Um, and so, you know, my thing with this team is just, you know, how are you going to react? How are you going to – uh, step up and how are you going to figure out how to win when you don't have you know your a stuff and i think that's a that's a big key uh to winning a national championship well just so you know i mean you know your team that team that won a national championship that year i was super surprised that, that oh yeah team uh, most most of the nation was <laughs> you know, of, of all the duke teams that we've had and that's the team that won but that's a testament to, you know, coach and his ability to get you guys to play, you know, on a, on, on together and on a high level. And that's a testament of how blue collar you guys were. That was a yeah. workman's type team. That was, yeah. you know, bring your, bring your, bring your, your lunch pail, your hard hat. We about to go to work. Talent wise, yeah. you guys didn't have it. Plus you were a senior junior led yeah. team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you were older. And so you had the, uh, the ability to do that. But out of all the teams that have won a national championship at Duke, that team was the one that you like. That team. Yeah. But, you know, it's a championship nonetheless. Um, yeah. And so the recipe was, uh, was great for you guys. And uh, I hope, you know, this team can follow that recipe. Uh, we got more prima donnas than you guys had on that team. <laughs> team. Yeah. The recipe uh, yeah. Yeah. The thing about that team too is, um, it's, you know, not like, not something that can be like, you know, put in a statute or anything, but that team had been through uh, like the mud, you know what I mean? Like they had lost in the first round uh, to VCU, um, you know, that senior class, John Lance and uh, Zubes, um, you know, got, got beat in the second round, got beat in the Sweet 16. So they, they had those experiences of like, of losing and, you know, being embarrassed and um you know i think that was really important to them and they had that real sense of urgency um to go out there and to prove something and you know like you said it was it was it was a team with uh you know we just played the best defense uh, in the country uh, played really hard on defense and 
Um, and we had the three guys on the perimeter where you couldn't really key in on one guy. Uh, you know, with John Nolan and Kyle, like they all were, all were had the ability to score, had the ability to shoot, ability to get to the basket, ability to play main. Um, so it was difficult for teams to kind of key in on one guy uh, like they've been able to do the last couple of years, I think. Absolutely. That was a great team. Um, I forgot how good defensively you guys were. Yeah. And, um, you know, with Lance and then you got Zoops anchoring down low. You got guys like Nolan and John and Kyle, you know, pressuring and denying wings. I mean, that was a that was a good team, but it, it wasn't like the talent that we've seen no, in the past. No. It was senior it was senior led. It was grinding grit defense. And you know, I just hope some of that, you know, rubs off on this year's team. If, if you if they play as hard and as good on defense as you guys did, yeah, there's no there's no question. This team yeah. can win a national championship. Absolutely. Um, so did you, uh, you know, we had 90 plus guys there this weekend. Did you, did you meet anybody, uh, that you hadn't met before? Yeah, there were a couple guys, um, you know, um, name wise, I'm horrible, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think everybody <laughs> kind of gravitates to the four year guys that they yeah. were with, you know? So for me, you know, it's Trajan, it's Sean McLeod, it's Steve Wojciechowski, you know, it's Kara Well, it's Nate James. Um, you know, those are the guys. Um, callback, you know, Jay Heaps. I mean, those are the guys, Stan Brunson, that you're going to be around the most. Yeah. And then it's the younger and older guys that just before you or just after you, it's going to be the next tier for guys. But, um, you know, the fact that we're all in the, in the building at the same time, the back uh, family room before the game was everything. Um, you know, seeing what guys are doing, you know, talking to shit. Uh, shooting yeah. the breeze, you know, um, it, it was great, man. It, it was an epic electric situation, epic moment. Cameron was at its greatest, and that um, that was that was a special, special event, man. And I'll never, I'll never forget, you know, I'll never forget how that went down. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things is uh, is like, you know, having like the friendship and you know the brotherhood, camaraderie with guys that you never played with, right? So, you know, every time I see you, uh, you know, big hug, like, what's going on? How's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, same thing with, you know, Kenny, Denard, Gene Banks, you know, never stepped foot on the floor with those guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Gerald Henderson, that's my guy, you know, mm -hmm. never played with him. Um, so I think that that's, like, one of the coolest things about it is, like, how you build these these friendships and these bonds with guys, um, you know, that you that you didn't play with. Um, that came before you or came after you um, is, is is really, really cool. And it really is, you know, I've said this a few, you know, a bunch of times on this podcast, but it really is uh, brotherhood. And it's not just something we say. Um, it's actually something that, you know, we live um, as a group. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it any better than that. Um, you know, it means a lot. It means a lot. And uh, kind of the thing that binds us all together was coach. Yeah. You know, other than Jim Beheim, I don't think there's anybody else who's been there that long who has coached everybody. Yeah. I mean, coach coached everybody. Yeah. And so, you know, the regime, the situation, the uh, the principles, I mean, everything is is the same. I mean, we all can share that. And that's what kind of makes it, you know, special. We talk about it all the time, but you, you can't really see it until you see it. 
and uh, we saw that we saw that this weekend yeah for sure all right appreciate the time ricky um hopefully uh acc tournament is a little better than uh this past saturday did um but uh yeah hopefully uh you know maybe we can do another reunion in new orleans for uh for Final Four. And, I would uh, like that. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing more than I would like better than that. You know, you and I can share a grenade and, and uh, <laughs> we can go watch our boys play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I would love it. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the time, man. Um, and uh, talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. Yeah.